I thought we were outstanding in the first half and probably the first 15 minutes of the second half I thought it was as well as we've played this year. Yeah, really exciting to watch. First couple of minutes we looked sharp and we got the fans right behind us. They were excellent again. Yeah, and we played with a lot of confidence after that. This is the Go Radio Football Show Podcast. Hosted by Paul Cooney, Barry Ferguson and Mark Guidi. Listen live weeknights from five. Talking Scottish football first. Let's go! Here we go, just two days away from European football. Yeah, it's the Europa League, not the Champions League. On Wednesday night, Celtic against Alkmaar. And then on Rangers, on Thursday night, Rangers against Alish Kert. At the weekend, Rangers sailed past Dunfermline 5-0. What did we learn from it? And Celtic yesterday were outstanding for much of the 3-2 win over Hearts. In about 15 minutes, we're going to speak to, well, someone you know really well, Barry Ferguson. You played with him. He's in your top 11 all-time players, Arthur Newman. Yeah, he's he's up there with one of the best players I've played with. Um, Paul, I haven't been honest with you. Um, terrific football player, but more importantly, a terrific guy. He was a, a great help to me in my, my career at a young age. Um, and he's a, a guy that I still keep in contact with and I think a lot of. And Mark, it'll be great to hear from him. He can talk about Celtic because he's coming over with Alkmaar and also about Rangers, Rangers winning 5-0. But the question will be, who is going to stand up? Who's going to be counted for Rangers? Because they didn't against Malmo. Yeah, I'm looking forward to listening to, to Arthur. He's, he's got um, views on, on football. Um, he obviously knows Rangers, he knows Celtic. He's, he's part of the Alkmaar um, staff, so he will have been doing his homework on Celtic and they will give us a good insight into to Alkmaar and as far as I know, he's coming over um, for the game as well. So no doubt he'll get a, a warm reception from 50,000 plus <laughs> uh, Celtic uh, supporters. But as, as, as Barry said well, as well, um, Arthur, a great guy. And I had the, the pleasure of um, writing his um, autobiography with him, Paul, a number of years ago. An excellent uh, read. Brilliant. Still available yeah. in good bookstores <laughs> as well. I've got a couple on me. Thank you. <laughs> well done. Uh, yesterday afternoon, we were here with Craig Moore, Davy Proven, and loads of you calling in. And then afterwards, the draw, Celtic against Wraith Rovers. Yep, big shock of the weekend. Aberdeen are out. Rangers against Livingston. Dundee United against Hibs. And Dundee against the holders, St. Johnson. Scraping through, I mean, as did uh, Livy as well, quite a few of them did. And Dundee United too, United feeling aggrieved. It was a good weekend of football. Uh, Barry, the big talking point since we saw you on Friday is Rangers heading five against Dunfermline. That's maybe not a surprise. What does that do for them though after a, a dreadful week? Well, it certainly builds confidence. Um, he did make a, a certain amount of, of changes, but the most important thing for Rangers, no matter Dunfermline being a championship team, they had to go out. And, um, and get that win and get a few goals and get the fans um, back behind them again. They certainly done that. There was a few good performances, uh, no doubt about it. But overall, um, it could have been even more than that. So the most important thing for Rangers as a, as a team was getting back to winning ways. After a difficult week, losing three games, it's always tough to come back from that. Um, but listen, they've done it in good form. What about Celtic then? You watched yeah. that yesterday, 3-2 against Hearts. Can you believe that's the scoreline? What do you think it should have been? It could have been anything in the first half, Paul. I've got to be honest with you, as you just mentioned there. I watched it. They were so impressive. Um, it was waves of attack. Um, and when they lost the ball, Celtic, it was the determination to get it back. And they got it back really quickly. Um, some great football as well. Um, some really good performances. I thought Callum McGregor in the mid middle of the pitch was excellent um, 
but there was a number of good performances but the first half performance by Celtic is the best I've seen in a long long time and Furuhashi and Edwards maybe never see it again but it gives you something to think about doesn't it and for other defences it worked yesterday it did work um, Furuhashi played in the left hand side um, James Forrest in the right hand side and obviously Edward through the middle and three of them to be fair to them I know you just mentioned day two but the three of them combined really well um, I think it was the second goal Edward's second goal it was a great ball through from Furuhashi into um, James Forrest who made the run cut it back and Edward slotted it into the bottom corner that was a fantastic team goal um, some real good movement but in terms of the first 45 minutes Celtic were really impressive Mark can they keep it up you hear Barry saying you can't play with that intensity for 90 minutes or can they? It depends on the, the the quality in your bench, Paul. If you can, you know, bring some on. But I mean, it's a hard ask for the for the ten outfield players to keep that going. But they are um, impressive. You see Celtic taking um, a bit of shape. The thing that's intriguing for me, Paul, over the next couple of weeks between now and the closure of the transfer window, which is a fortnight tomorrow, is that we kind of have an idea of what's happening at Celtic, of what the people at the club want to have. As an Edward, they wants to go. Celtic want to sell him. Can they get the right money for him in the next couple of weeks? Ryan Christie. He's out of contract in January. I'm sure Celtic will make him a contract offer, but if he doesn't accept it, then they may look to cash in on him um, just now rather than than lose him. Um, and we know they're looking for a right back, maybe another centre half. So we've got an idea of what's um, going on. At Rangers, we're not so sure. We know that, that, that ideally they've got to try and make up the shortfall that they've lost out in the Champions League. So are they looking, actively looking to sell Morelos? Are they actively looking to sell Kent are they actively looking to sell one or two others we don't know and like I said if you're the manager said they show on Friday night there's a natural conflict that happens at all football clubs managers want to keep their best players but there's a business side of it and the boardroom and the other people on the business side have their jobs to do and sometimes a collision happens but as long as it's, it's managed properly as long as everybody knows where they are then it should be fine but um, I would expect one or two to, to go from Rangers and if Stephen Gerrard is to bring anybody in we hear Gary McAllister mention that they're still actively looking of course that's fine you've got to look but I'd imagine Rangers would need to generate money by sales to then go and bring others in because the board have backed the manager superbly well in the past couple of years but now they, 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 they need to start bringing some money in I would imagine Barry what do you think is going to happen at Rangers over the next two weeks? We, we don't know. Um, you listened to the manager last week saying in his, his presser that he does need to recycle players. Um, so that does tell me that um, if somebody does come in with an offer for one of the, the, the top players on the team, that Rangers will consider, Paul. Um, but it's whether that's going to happen or not. They've got a price on on their heads in terms of Ryan Kent and Morelos and even Glenn Kamara, who's been linked with a number of other clubs. So it depends on the the money and the offers that come in for them um, and the manager was pretty open and honest about it if that the offers are met the values are met sorry Rangers will do business Keith Jackson's got a, a major article in the paper today Mark where he discusses that you know the tension in any football club between you know buying and selling manager wanting to do his very best the directors trying to do their best for the club as well and we heard Davey yesterday saying that Douglas Park and the board have you know stuck by him uh, and backed him for a long, long time. But it is the model now in Scotland, isn't it, that Rangers and Celtic have to sell one or two of the top players uh, every year and try and get yeah. you know, a supply chain going with younger players coming through. Yeah, that, that, that's the kind of next part for, for Rangers um, 
development, Paul, under the, the new regime of the past couple of years of, of Douglas Park and Stuart Robertson and, and, and Ross Wilson as to though that the, I think they've created assets. It just depends what ones they sell. I mean, if they look at Celtic, they see just in this calendar year, Frimpong bought for, I don't know, a million, sold yep. for 10-ish. Ayer bought for five, six, seven hundred grand, sold for around 13 million-ish. Mm. So Rangers looking at that, they must be thinking, well, that's what we've got to now do. That, that's the next step. And as much as Stephen Jenner won't want that, that's what the football club needs to do. And it's a business. And the football club comes before any individual's uh, desires. So um, what they ideally what Rangers want to do is much they want to keep their best players, but they want to create their own funds. They want to become um, self-sustainable. They don't want to be re relying on, you know, directors put, putting money into the club all the time so if you've got like Morelos that you've bought for one mm. if you can sell him for 10, 12, 14, 16 it's brilliant he's helped you win the league and then you've sold him for a healthy profit and from that if it means that you know if you sell him for 14 Paul 10 goes right into the club's coffers and the manager gets 3 or 4 to go and mm. reinvest on, on, on something else that's how it's got yeah. to I, that's I'm, sure that, I'm sure the manager will be thinking in the back of his mind that, that this could happen and he would have identified replacements i.e. like a, a Morelos a Glenn Kamara a Ryan Kent even that a lot of people don't want to see go um, but it is the model they, they spoke in the AGM I think it was last September yeah. Yeah. Mm. they did say that this would be coming this would be happening this is the model that Rangers are going to go forward with you don't want to see Rangers lose their best players nobody the manager doesn't the fans don't but it's just the way it's going to happen. And they've um, missed out on the thirty-five million potentially. They have, there. They yeah. have missed missed out on that. Um, so it'll be interesting what the next couple of weeks bring. Okay, let's go on the lines. 08, 08, 17, 17, 700. One of the big talking points yesterday was Celtic's performance in the match with Hearts. Three-two at the end. Darren, a Celtic fan, is on. Darren, can you believe that was the scoreline? Only three-two. Ah well, the, the, hi guys. Um, hi Darren. The, the performance yesterday, the, the first half was, you know, some of the best football um, I've seen Celtic play in a while, at least in the last last eighteen months. Um, not so much the second half, but I think that's just the, I think that the managers alluded to that that the way the way he plays his style, the players are going to get to that stage where they're going to burn out, and that's why we need some additions to the squad to just um, supplement what we've already got. It's good box office though, isn't it? It's tough uh, for Hearts, uh, you know, in that first half, the wave after wave of attack. Barry, you were you were surprised how good they were. Yeah, listen, I, I thought I've got to be honest with you. You know what I'm like, I watch all types Absolutely. of football yeah. and it was a game that I was interested in watching because two weeks ago, Hearts mm. obviously got a great result mm. against Celtic, but I've got to be honest with you. Um, the first half, the, the Hearts were blown away, plain and simple. Um, and I thought another guy I never mentioned, Rogic, I thought he was superb mm. um, he's a guy with tremendous ability I thought he looked back to being in top form um, but it, look it is impossible to keep that level I mean the energy levels that, that they produced in the first half were, were mind blowing at times and Mark did mention you, you look to the bench James McCarthy come on mm. to get his debut Sorrell come on you think? he did alright he just kept the game ticking it's still early doors for James McCarthy but going forward they looked a threat every time they get into Hearts Hearts his half, no doubt about that. Darren, what about Tom, Rogic? Um, and what about the other players? Uh, Furuhashi, so much has been said about him. Edward, is there any chance, do you want him to stay? There's still no bid on the table yet that we know of. 
that's why the the ones you know the, he's he's a top player and you would like them to stay at the club, but what you know if, if reports are to believe you know that the club aren't going to make any permanent signings this season unless they get money in for Edward, which is crazy considering you um, we're talking just just a minute ago about the, the amount of money that's been brought in this calendar year you know with Ayer, Frimpong, Klamala, Bayo, um, the Jack Henry you know just shy of thirty million pounds. Been been um, brought in, and we seem to be sort of penny pinching at the at a vital time again. But yeah, if, if we can keep him and he and he can play like um, that every week, then yeah, it'll, it'll be worthwhile, I suppose. And Darren, what about the defence though? Well, well, that's what that's what I think we we need to bolster in, bolster most as as a defence. Well, I think uh, Ralston and Taylor have, have adapted well to the manager's uh, philosophy. Starfelt seems to be taking a while to find his feet. I think we just need somebody in there because if you take one of those four out, who you got beat on um, the the new boy Urigide, uh, you know, and they didn't fill me with confidence to be honest. That's the problem at the back, Barry. So what about yeah, Starfelt? Listen, it's still early days. I think it's mm-hmm. too early to, to judge him. He still looks a bit off the pace. Um, he's only been here two weeks. Uh, so yeah, I, I think you've got to give players who come from abroad um, a bit of time, but you don't get much time, I'm afraid, at the old firm. That um, first goal, what should he have done? Yeah, he's just got to clear it. He, he's got to be aware um, that Boyce is is right behind him. He's just got to put his foot through it and and rip it into Rosehead. Sometimes you've just got to do that. Uh, yeah, you've got to yeah. do that at times. But I will say about Ralston that again, I thought he was really good yesterday. Anything, Anthony Ralston. Um, I thought he played really well. I thought defensively he was rock solid. I thought going forward he was impressive. Um, but that is an area. There's no doubt that, that Celtic need to strengthen. We don't know how long. You don't know how long Julian's going to be. Is that a couple of months yet? So it is an area that they need to strengthen. What about Anthony Ralston? Darren, you hear Barry Ferguson saying, let's give him credit. I've, I've probably been one of the few. I've always thought, you know, he's, he's never... He's never, he's never going to be a world beater. But for me, he's always given that, you know, 110 that that effort, and he's never had a great daily run, run of, uh, games. Sure. You know, and I always think it's harsh to, to give uh, players criticism if they've not had a, a good run of games because it's hard to ask, it's hard to ask a seasoned professional to come in, you know, and do 20 minutes a year or have an odd 90 minutes there. Never mind a, a young guy who's who's been in and out. So, sure. uh, so I'm I'm being impressed with him, and you know. Um, he's certainly proven a lot of people wrong. Mark, in the last two games, he's played his way really back into top form. David Turnbull, and I see today people are saying he should be in the Scotland squad for the World Cup qualifiers. Yeah, David Turnbull is a, a quality player and I think he will be in Steve Clark's squad for the, the three games um, early next month. Um, and first and foremost, he has to get his club form back on track. I think he's doing that. You know, he's, he's getting to know the manager, the manager's getting to know him. And there's no doubt he is... Um, an asset, but uh, I think we'd all agree. You know, Celtic are pretty solid middle to front. I think they will need a, at least one more striker. And if you're if you're going to sell Edward, if not two, it doesn't look as if Lee Griffiths has got any kind of future at the club. Um, so, but they need to to strengthen at the back. They need at least one more quality central defender, a right back, possibly a left back um, as well. So, there's a lot of work still to be done. The progress is good. The signs are positive. Mm-hmm. But there's still there's still a bit to go. Still a lot of work for Don McKay to get done. And you know, Darren's mentioned there, you know, about the amount of money that's come in from sales. There's also the thirty million quid 
pledge from the fans down for season ticket money so you look at it you know I think the net spend's next to nothing in terms of what's been brought in so there should be plenty of money in there if the right two or three players become available and if you're talking two or three at four, five, six, seven million pounds each you know if Celtic are serious about getting the title back uh, and really want to give the fans something cheap because the fans have backed the club um, the past two years so it's now up to the club to come and show the fans that they're, that they're aligned on this and they want to do it together Celtic targeting the Legia Warsaw right back Josip Juranovic uh, that's the, the latest I know it's been mentioned for days Barry I, I always think you were saying it's so hard to defend a title and you can see that Celtic it's very early days but there's a hunger there to try and win it back that Rangers will have to, to match and it's beat just never, that desire it's never nice when your rivals win it Paul um, and that would have got the Celtic players' backs up, no doubt about it, and they want to, to get that title back. Um, it's in Rangers' hands just now, and they need to up their game to make sure they can re- retain it. But it didn't There's... seem to last season. The Celt- it seemed as though they didn't look as fit. The, the hunger wasn't there. I don't know if it's psychological. Well, that's something that jumped yeah. out at me yesterday when I was watching the game. There was a clear hunger and desire. Certainly in that first 45 minutes, um, there's no doubt. It, they they kind of come off it a wee bit in the second half, but it was just because they were that good in the first half. Mm. As I said, they were they were constantly um, on top. They never let hearts breathe one second. As soon as they got the ball, they were they were round about them trying to win it back, and they won it back the vast majority of the time. So going forward, middle to front, I don't think they've got any problems. It's in the back area that they, they certainly do need to, to strengthen but I thought the two younger boys Ralston and, and Welsh who again come in for a bit of criticism people don't think he's good enough it's got a goal, goal. Yeah. looks solid enough um, but it is an area they need to strengthen it's great to hear Barry uh, giving that encouragement to these young players and the other thing Darren before we go to the break the fans back it looks to have made a difference to, I mean, obviously the manager has changed the style but Mark Darren what do you think is that having a, a positive effect for Celtic, well, it must have. I mean, I think by the accounts that the atmosphere on Thursday night against Jablonek was 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 pretty special. Followed up, you know, just by seeing fans. I think you look up and down the country, Paul, down at the English Premier League, um, starting again at the weekend. There, it's just brilliant to to have um, fans. And and I think the Celtic, I think Celtic under Neil Lennon last season, as much as absolute credit to Rangers, they thoroughly deserved to win the title. I think Celtic players did suffer from not having the the Celtic uh, supporters Celtic really seem to to struggle to come to terms with that Darren there's, there's only one thing Celtic suffered the last season and that's the, the man that uh, Mark's just mentioned there it's, well there's only been two changes for last season to this season and Peter Lowell didn't have much effect on the, the playing staff so you know it's common sense what affected the team but aye but positively it's good to have the fans back and it does make a difference Darren, thanks for the call. 0808 17 17 700. Quick break, and then it's going to be Arthur Newman joining Barry Ferguson and Mark Guidi. The Go Radio Football Show. Download the Go Radio app to listen live weeknights from five. Go Radio Football Show, the Monday edition. Mark Guidi, Paul Cooney, Barry Ferguson. And joining us now live, one of the best fullbacks you ever played alongside Barry Ferguson at Rangers. Yep, have we got Tony Vidmar on? Way! <laughs> <laughs> it's not Tony Vidmar, it's Arthur Newman. Arthur, good evening. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. He's, always, he's always loving a joke, he's unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, Ar- he, 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 I made him a better player on the park, so he should be grateful that I was playing there. Uh, he, 
He certainly is. That's, that's truthful. He did. He often he says was a, He was a, yeah. a major factor in my career, Arthur. Wind you, wind you off the iron brew. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's right. Teaching them the good practices. Arthur, we're just looking there at... Uh, I said during the break, let's see something that Arthur did of the many things, and it's the goal you scored against Celtic. March 2002... Uh, you'll yeah. remember that one. You remember it too, Barry. Yeah, it was yeah. a clearance and it went into the back of the net. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that was a fantastic strike. I told you, don't don't tell the people, Barry. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And uh, Rangers would love to see that two weeks. Oh, what's a week on Sunday. We're on the countdown already, Arthur, to Rangers against Celtic. But as we know, a week and two weeks in football, so much changes. Um, obviously, your old team winning the title by 25 points. How pleased were you on that for last season? Yeah, there was something to to look forward to. We were waiting for a long time, and uh, I, I thought already last year we uh, we did. Ex, ex, I think the first five months up until Christmas we we played really well, uh, good results. But then uh, yeah, after the the winter break uh, we started to to drop points, and that was disappointing. But then straight from uh, the start of uh, last season, yeah, you could see the spirit was back in the team. Uh, the confidence was there, and I think the. The most important thing is that the team were focusing on their own performance, their own results. And uh, yeah, every time that when you beat uh, and you get the three points, that gives the whole team the confidence. And of course, sometimes you look over your shoulder what 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 uh, what Celtic uh, will do, and uh, then you see that they draw points. And of course, uh, that gives everyone a boost in the dressing room as well. But uh, I think it was uh, yeah an absolute fantastic achievement by uh, Steven Gerrard and the team. Uh, the commitment, uh, the passion. Uh, uh, yeah, winning the league unbeaten, also brilliant. Yep. And also they, they did well in, uh, in Europe. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, uh, to be honest, uh, I opened uh, a bottle to celebrate the victory and the, the championship. <laughs> a bottle of what? What did you have? Champagne? Uh, I, had my own, I had my own gin, to be honest. The Arthur Newman gin. <laughs> uh, oh, the Newman gin. It's still available. So your book's still available in all good bookstores. I've tasted it. It's not as good as my gin. Is it not? Right, OK. <laughs> my, my, daughter, my daughter's been laughing as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Arthur, what about Rangers? Just before we talk about the uh, AZ game, because you're coming over tomorrow with them for the game on Wednesday night. What about the matches with Malmo? Everyone so disappointed. Rangers out of the Champions League. Um, is it a blip though with the the players who were so consistent last season, but it, they've not clicked yet this season? No, no. But that, then you can see as well because I think uh, I think Rangers they had a good preseason. Uh, they played some 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 good games home against uh, Madrid uh, in, in England, and uh, yeah, everybody thought, oh, this is a great start uh, before the season. It's it's all about uh, yeah the first game in the league and also uh, qualifying for uh, yeah either the Champions League or the Europa League. But it 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 was uh, yeah like a, like a shock. Uh, I couldn't believe what I was was seeing. You know the because you're one 0 up, uh, they get a red card after 42 minutes, and then all of a sudden uh, yeah they score two goals. So that was like uh, yeah a big blow for for everyone. Uh, no one actually saw that coming, and uh, but it shows you then again that uh, yeah. Although you're a waddle up against ten men, uh, yeah, they get two two chances and they, and they score out of the blue. And uh, the, yeah, that's what I said. Was there was a big shock, and, uh, but because I was hoping actually to to you know, to go through to the next stage and then uh, play the last game and then you can hopefully uh, you know, qualify for the Champions League because that is the you know, the level you want to to compete with the, the big teams in Europe, the top teams. Yeah, so. Uh, that was like a, like a blow, and now they need to focus on uh, the next two games and uh, qualify for uh, for the Europe. Mark Barry. Yeah, and in, in, in terms of Rangers, look, as we said, it's a 
It was a major disappointment. Yeah. Um, trying to get into the the next stage, you're getting into the the, the group stages. Um, but I agree with, with Arthur. It's it's something that that's in the past now. They need to move forward. And these two games, um, these next two games in Europe are critical for them to get into the group stages of Europa League. And they um, should win them. They they should win them. Yep, they should with the quality that Rangers have got. Um, but they need to improve in their performances. And back on Friday night, the first of that was getting a, a good result against Dunfermline, which was important. A lot of people will say it was only Dunfermline, they're a league below, but the most important thing is getting back to winning ways. And that sets them up nicely for this game on Thursday. Arthur, will you get to the Rangers game on Thursday? Uh, no, 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 no. I, uh, you, you I fly back with the, with the squad on uh, Thursday. Right. So uh, arriving tomorrow and back on uh, Thursday. Mark, so he's flying in with uh, Alkmaar tomorrow. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Arthur, just on um, Rangers, you know, on the back of last week's disappointment, um, how important is it just to stay focused just to make sure there's nothing else that happens between now and you know the end of the month being the mind there's a game against Celtic there's also the transfer window there's no doubt there's two or three Rangers players are, are being seriously looked at by by other clubs but just how important is it for Stephen Jenner just to keep everybody calm and then keep everybody focused starting on Thursday night Yeah that is what you just mentioned that's, that's the most important of course uh yeah, the moment was a big uh, disappointing thing, but uh, yeah, at least behind you and focus now on the, the, the two coins you have to play in, in Europe. And uh, yeah, Barry can admit it as well. The European games were always special, uh, of course, the old firm and, and, and the European games because the build up to it, uh, the atmosphere uh, in the stadium, uh, yeah, you want to compete uh, against the big teams in Europe and, and show that you're a good team, that, that you have the quality. Uh, on the park uh, to beat him, and I have to admit, uh, from 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 our time when uh, when I played there for five years, sometimes I spoke to uh, to other players from other teams in Europe, and they always said it is unbelievable. You know, when you come to Scotland, the atmosphere, uh, fifty thousand people from the from the moment the referee blows the whistle until the the the, the last second of the game, he said the atmosphere was always uh, amazing, and you don't have that in a lot of stadiums because I I, I played uh, three times uh, against Barcelona, then with PSV Eindhoven, but they had 100,000 people in the stadium, but I always had the feeling that it was like the people that are watching a, a, a movie in the cinema. The atmosphere was, was nothing compared to, uh, to the old firm or when you play uh, in Europe. And yeah, that, that's what I should realize as well. Uh, the focus should be on, uh, uh, on the two games and, and try to qualify. And yeah, then you can compete, what I said, against the, the, the teams in Europe. And it's always special. And uh, you, want to, you want to show everybody that, uh, that you're a good team and that you can, uh, can do well. Arthur, it's been suggested once or twice now that maybe some of the Rangers players, you know, find it a bit uncomfortable playing in front of fifty thousand fans. But surely they've got to yeah. embrace that. And, and and as you said there, you you responded to it. Barry responded to it. Stephen Gerrard, as a player, responded to it at, yeah. at Anfield. The players have got to surely see that as a as a positive as a as a positive as a plus point when they when they run out the tunnel. Yeah, no, you're, you're right. I, I heard it uh, from from other people as well. Uh, some players uh, last year they played really well, and then all of a sudden when they have to play in front of a big crowd, uh, Rangers uh, fifty thousand people, uh, then all of a sudden they feel the detention. Uh, I was one of the players. I, I needed it. Uh, that always gave me uh, that gave me some positive energy. You know, that you, the moment when you come out and and then whoop, it was like a big roar there in, uh, in the stadium, and uh, yeah, that that gives you positive energy. 
And uh, yeah, but you mentioned there as well some players they they feel the stress. They're afraid to make a mistake because they know that then the, the, the supporters on top of each other. But uh, that that's part of football. That is something that you have to cope with. And uh, yeah, they they. And I think also uh, in my time, I think a lot of players they underestimated when they came to Scotland. They think, oh, we play Frenchies. But then all of a sudden you realize the impact uh, what it has the the, uh, the supporters. Uh, they're always there 100% behind the team. They want you to give 100% of the jersey. Also, I also play some bad games, but at least if they see that you give 100% for the jersey, they accept it. And um, yeah, that, that's what they should realize as well. But they should switch the button, focus on the game, and try to get the result. And that's what it's all about. And of course, yeah, as a football player, uh, in my opinion, it's fantastic when you can play every week in front of 50,000 people. Arthur, you're flying in because you work as a scout. You're doing some scouting for AZ Alkmaar. Um, yeah. They had a disappointment at the weekend, losing in the first game. Yeah, yeah, it was a big blow because uh, we, we had a, a really good uh, pre-season. Uh, we played against uh, Real Sociedad. We beat them 2-1. We played against Torino uh, one each. So um, everybody was full of uh, yeah, confidence that we could have a, a good start. And then it's like a big blow when, uh, when we lost one. It was not necessary. And also the fact that uh, compared to last season, uh, you know, we sold Boadu, our striker, to Monaco. Yep. Uh, the right wing, Svensson, went to Nice. Yep. And Svensson, he played really well the last three years for, uh, for Alkmaar, but he went to, uh, to Turkey. Uh, uh, our co-keeper, Bichot, he went last week to France as well. Yeah. And then we have uh, Beindal, the left fullback. He was in the, the, the squad from the national team, but he came back with an injury, so he didn't play. Mm-hmm. Uh, Co-minus... Our captain is also 22 years old. Uh, there's a lot of interest from other clubs. And Atalanta tried to sign him, so he was on the bench this weekend. So yeah, compared with last year, we had like uh, we missed six, seven players uh, on Saturday, but still, uh, yeah, we signed some other players. We have uh, again uh, players coming to the youth system. Uh, mm-hmm. That's our philosophy because if you see uh, how many players come through the youth system and make it to the first team, that. Uh, that's absolutely fantastic. But yeah, it was like a, a big blow uh, yeah, that we, we lost 1-0 and uh, very uh, disappointing. But what they said, you should switch the button and, button and now a focus on uh, the next game. And uh, yeah, uh, for, for the players uh, to play against Celtic uh, in front of uh, 60,000 people, it will be an absolute fantastic experience. That's what I, uh, that's what mm. I told them. Did you see any of the game yesterday? Celtic uh, beating Hearts 3-2, but Barry described it as wave after wave of attack. Uh, no, I, I didn't see the game because uh, yeah, I was in a stadium here in Holland uh, yeah. to watch a game. Uh, you got work to do. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, so I didn't, I didn't see it. But it, it will be interesting to see because, uh, what I said, we uh, we have a kind of a philosophy that we try to play uh, football, attacking football. Uh, yeah, and then all of a sudden you have to play against Celtic in front of uh, 60,000 people. And what I just mentioned there as well, yeah. that Ibrox and uh, Parkhead, the year to see it is always fantastic. And how can they actually deal with that? How can they cope with that? But uh, what I said, mm-hmm. we, have, uh, we have a squad with, with, with some good players. But the European games all, uh, are, are always special. And uh, yeah, for to, to, to get the opportunity to play against Celtic, it will be uh, yeah, a great experience. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask, Arthur. How will the AZ players react to playing in front of 60,000, Arthur? Because I, I guess over in Holland, they'll no play in front of the crowds every single week. No, that's true because we uh, we have a small stadium. I think uh, a maximum of twenty thousand people. So it's different. But of course, when you play against uh, Feyenoord, there are fifty thousand people. Uh, yeah. Against Ajax, also fifty thousand. Mm. But uh, to be honest, the, the the last two three years we always played really well uh, against Ajax and Feyenoord. I think last year, I think we played Ajax four five times and 
I think five times I think we lost maybe once in the other times we, we beat them or we do them. And so yeah, some players they also what you say kept like uh, playing for the fifty thousand people and obviously for everybody that good enough to make a step to another club to a higher level. And uh, yeah, the games against the top teams against Feyenoord, Ajax, PSV, and of course against the Celtic, uh, a lot of other clubs they 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 look how the players react in this kind of games when they uh, play in front of so many people. Uh, under pressure, uh, are they the, the, the same players if they play in front of uh, a small crowd? So, but I said, uh, yeah, I think uh, everyone's actually looking forward to uh, to this game. Arthur Newman joining us live and go. Barry, will you go along? Will you be able to go on Wednesday as Arthur's guest at Celtic on the bench? <laughs> I, I, maybe I don't, I don't think it'll be made welcome. Oh, I don't know, honest, Paul. Arthur. <laughs> I'll just watch it in the house. <laughs> Mark, isn't it great to, to hear him? I know you keep in touch with Arthur Newman that, and you did his uh, biography. You said you paid, played some poor games. I can't remember many no, when he, a, Arthur a, Newman at Rangers. I think yeah. sometimes you know, when you look at um, left-backs and we mention uh, world-class, you know, I think yeah. Arthur, because like that bracket, and Barry, you know, when Barry played with him, you look at Arthur's CV, you know, mm. World Cup semi-finals um, with Holland, um, etc. So, no, it was a, it was a top-class player and, and I think the only kind of Disappointing thing was that he retired at 33. Far, far yeah. too retired young. at 33. Mm. Do you know what yeah, I loved I about him? He wouldn't let standards drop mm. in training, nope. in a game. If you dropped off it a wee bit, and that's where I learned for Arthur as mm. well, he'd be on at you straight away. So that's where I get my moaning from. Arthur. <laughs> <laughs> Is that true, Arthur? <laughs> yeah, he started, to be honest, Barry started to moan because he was my roommate for five years. And, uh, and I think one of the first days, uh, I gave him my boots. I said, what, what do I have to do with it? I said, yeah, you're still a young boy. You have to clean my boots. So you must not clean my boots. <laughs> you know what he used to do? Seeing yeah. I like to sleep in in the morning. I wasn't yeah. big into breakfast. He would get me up at eight o'clock in the morning, open the curtains, <laughs> right up, breakfast. So... Yo, yo, it's a him. You can yeah. imagine what I was saying to him. Of course, I can't repeat on no. uh, live on radio. Yep. Did you get our own sausage off? <laughs> Arthur, can I tell you a secret? He'll be raging. His back's really sore today. He's struggling about Barry Ferguson wasn't playing on Saturday, and they lost two one. As you know, right at the end, losing. What happened to the manager at Alloa? Yeah, the, I just got a bit gone. upset and I kicked a um, a bucket and um, I put my back out. Which is no great. <laughs> You're struggling, aren't you? Yeah, yeah it's a bit yeah. sore, but I'll get through it. Don't worry. He's becoming an old man now as well. Yeah. Ah, yeah. Yeah. Right, 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 right. And I'll tell you the other thing, Mark. I always remember the, the charities that he helped, St Andrew's Hospice, for example, mm -hmm. in yeah. Lanarkshire. Yeah. And Arthur, you did so much. Uh, over do, the do you years. know what he done? He yeah. took to Scotland, Arthur, as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't hear it. Well, a lot of the players, a lot yeah. of the players that come for. Well, to be honest, <clears throat> uh, I, I, I keep telling people as well because I didn't know what to expect when I came to Scotland in '98. But I said as well, I said I played five years for Rangers. I said it was the best time of my career. I said unbelievable the atmosphere, uh, the supporters. They were amazing. Uh, not only uh, in Scotland, but even when we travelled about Barry, you know, yourself when we played against mm -hmm. Monaco, Paris Saint Germain. The old stadium from Bayern Munich, there were more, yeah, there were 10, 12,000 race supporters. And I think unbelievable, you know. And <laughs> and also the laughter because I, I stayed another seven years after I retired, so mm -hmm. nearly 12 years. My daughters they were born there. And uh, the only reason why I went back is because when my oldest daughter became eight years old, I couldn't understand it anymore with her accent. So I thought, <laughs> <laughs> Arthur Mike Newman, join us. Yeah. Arthur, thanks a million. Thank you. Cheers, Arthur. Cheers. Go Radio Football Show. Yeah. Thanks, Barry and Mark. Great to get Arthur Newman on. Yeah, just a, just a top class guy. That that's what he is. He, he was a top class player. But right. as I, I keep saying to people, most more importantly, should I say, 
like he was a massive help, not just to me, but a lot of the people running about the club at the time. Some memories of Arthur of those days. Rangers fans, uh, you can look back 0808 17 17 700 and look forward to the Old Firm game a week on Sunday. The countdown is on. I know it's game at a time, Mark. I can just hear you, you know, in football speak, not uh, that you do that. 0808 17 17 700. The Celtic fans uh, fancy it. They're up for it. And the Rangers fans will be saying, well, we saw the defence yesterday when they should have had six, seven goals against Hearts, uh, but it ended up 3-2. What do you think? Give us a call. We're back in a moment. The Go Radio Football Show. Download the Go Radio app to listen live weeknights from five. Go Radio Football Show. Arthur Newman has been with us already. Barry Ferguson, Mark Guidi and uh, Darren's been on a Celtic fan. Happy about yesterday. We'll talk a bit more about Arthur Newman, seven years older than Barry and the disciplines that he taught you. And the, the Tell us, for example, breakfast for you. You didn't really want breakfast, but what, what would he do with you when you were rooming with him at Rangers? I would just get me up early. Um, I like to lie in, but he made sure I got up, um, opened the curtains, um, got me up, made me brush my teeth. It's always done to no, be fair. What, did you, what you say? You're lazy and you didn't brush it. No, no, and then um, great and It was just getting into a routine. Like yeah. you have to. It was the most important meal of the day. He would say to yeah. me, which it is, it's getting a bit of breakfast down you, and just things like that. I mean, it was um, it was great. It was great for a, a player of his calibre and his experience to to take me on board and, and um, learn me the, the ropes. And I learned so much in terms of his standards, um, the way he looked after himself. Uh, he was he was an absolute machine. And probably Dick Advocat, Mark, would be telling uh, Arthur Newman, get to know this young you know, yeah. rising star. He already was, but to make sure he could be everything he could be. Yeah, I mean, the, the good thing about Dick Advocat, I mean, he signed quality players, he signed players that, that were ready. You think about it, Arthur Newman, Van Bronckhurst, Amato, um, Shaboni, yeah. Michael Moles. But one thing that Dick did do was he assessed the squad that he was inheriting at Rangers and they had his card marked on, on, on Barry who had no more than what a handful of first-team appearances mm-hmm. by that point, but clearly identified something in Barry and say, well, I'm going to work with this young Scottish player, I'm going to give him a chance to be part of my squad. But what I need to do is I need basically somebody to manage Barry when I'm not there, to show him the ropes, to, to, to guide him uh, along the way to make sure that he's got the attitude and the application to go with the natural talent. And that was a job that he gave uh, Arthur Newman. So it was deliberate on Dick Advocat's part. Arthur Newman had worked with Dick, he was his captain at PSV, and knew exactly the demands that Dick wanted and what it took to go from a young player with potential to becoming a top-class footballer, and that's what Barry managed to do. But as he'll admit himself, he was given plenty of guidance uh, along the way from from Arthur and Dick. Yep, and a, a few kicks up the backside mm. as well, because um, a couple of times I got myself in the wrong end of trouble, and um, it was just basically told straight. Did he, he ever come round to the house? Yeah, Dick Advocat? But, yep, and um, Arthur would obviously take part in that as well. Um, and look, at the time when you're young, you, you're kind of like, why are they doing this? They're, mm-hmm. they're annoying me. But as you get a bit <laughs> older, you, you realise that they're doing it to benefit you and your career. Yep. And and that's what it's certainly done. Um, both of them were a massive influence on me. Made me learn so much. Made me grow up a bit quicker than, than I thought I would. Um, but listen, I've got nothing but good words to say about Arthur. As I said, he was... Um, any young player coming through, he set standards, the way he looked after himself, the way he carries himself as well. Um, just a, a brilliant person and a brilliant role, uh, role model. He's still a great, but even though he's moved back over to Holland, whatever it was, seven, eight years ago, he's still a great ambassador for Rangers, mm-hmm. you know, and, and even make sure that 
all the Dutch contingent, you know, stay involved and have that, you know, proper connection over, with the football you know, club. Yeah, they, so they come over. really good that way. There's a there's a proper affection that's not staged. There's a genuine affection for Rangers and the supporters from Arthur and Michael Moles yep. and all those guys. But as you know, Mark, when when a player signs from a, a different country, sometimes they're just over here just to get a decent contract and, and yep. get away as quickly as possible. But that's one thing that guys like Arthur Newman they, they took they stayed in the country and you listen to Arthur he stayed seven years after he retired because yeah. um, he, he loved the place he took to the place and of course the Rangers fans took to Arthur because mm. um, he was a, a top top footballer Mark for young boys and girls in football and actually in any um, part of life there's great lessons there aren't they sometimes yeah. the boss or the captain or a senior player or somebody at your work might be tough on you but if yeah. it's for the right reasons because they see talent in you yeah. and they look after you and yeah. listen to them because we think we know everything at Aye. 18, 20, mm-hmm. whatever Paul, Paul you're right in, in every walk of life it doesn't just apply to Barry when a young footballer it applied to me when I was getting involved in journalism you, yeah. you were getting involved yeah. you know what I was and I've, listen I always say it to my to my own um, daughters you know that you know Regardless of your 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 intellect, your your level of intelligence, what it is you want to do, and what you know, two things that you should do every day in life if you can. That doesn't matter what your level is, is work hard and be a good person. Mm. And if you've got those two in any walk of life, whether it's football, yep. media, journalism, sure. whatever it may be, if you've got those two fundamentals then you'll you'll give yourself a right good chance in life at whatever it is you want to succeed in. I mean Great guy off, Mark knows him really well, great mm. guy off the pitch, but see when he crossed that white line, absolute warrior. Mm-hmm. And that's when you, you look and think to yourself, wow. Mm. And see if you dropped, as I said, if you gave a couple of passes away, he'd be right on at you. In a constructive way. Yeah. No, like, down yeah. it, would be like, listen, I need better for you. And I loved that. I loved when, if I was going through, about, like, maybe a five-minute period within a game where I've hit a couple of slack passes, I'm not doing as well as I should be doing. He was quick, he was straight on you and you knew right away, right, listen, I need to step this up here. And that's what I loved and I, I kind of brought that on to my, my kind of way the captain and players mm. sometimes they didn't like it but they knew I'd done it for a reason. Standard. Yep, it's not to be a bad person, mm. it's to drive people on. They knew as soon as that game finished mm. when I came in that dressing room I would do anything for them but on that pitch if somebody's not doing it right mm-hmm. they've got to be told, you've got to drive them on to make sure they, they hit their standards. I hope that young people and people of all ages uh, realise this because sometimes we can be too woke and people think, oh, everything's wrong because somebody's hard on you or whatever. If it's for the right reasons and it's fair, this is life, everyone. And be the best you can be and be good. You'll be a good person. Try and do your best. But it can't always be, oh, Mark, that was brilliant. I remember when I worked in telly for a week, we used to say, oh, the show was wonderful. I was never (laughs) wonderful in the telly. We know that. But in the radio, I thought we were more kind of honest with each other. That was good. That wasn't so good. Um, So live in reality. And the reality is, with Arthur Newman under Dick Avocat, they could see what Barry eventually became yeah. and and because imagine putting you know a young Scots player Barry must have thought why am I in with the, the Dutch guy you know someone from abroad yeah. rather than one of your pals at Ibrox but you know a few years later Barry is telling us we're getting yeah. we're getting a lesson today and yeah. how you should yeah, I got a lesson yeah. for, for Arthur it was um, look, the first couple of times I was thinking to myself what is going on here you know what I mean I'm I'm waking up and I'm, I'm yeah. half sleeping but he was just getting me into a routine this mm-hmm. is a way that footballers I'm not saying it's the right way but he believed in a certain way of doing it and then I got into that routine and as I said I started eating a bit of breakfast in the morning I started getting up a bit early getting a bit of routine into my life and that's what he brought to me 
Um, he brought a bit of routine and he, he brought standards where I, I carried on in my football career. And the same as a manager, when you go and you, you say to players and you're on them, I'm not doing it to be bad, I'm doing it to help you. You know what I mean? To drive standards up a bit. Don't take it personal. I'd do anything for anybody to try and make them better, but you've got sometimes you've got to be told. And I think that's a bit missing nowadays. Yeah, yeah, we no, are. It is. It's it's thought, de- definitely is. Thought for the day here yeah. on the Go Radio Football Show. Uh, two for the price of one. Uh, Ange Postacoglu, he's brought his own standards and his style uh, to Celtic in its early days, but the fans are loving it and the neutrals will be too. And he paid tribute. He mentioned that his late great dad would have loved the style of play yesterday with uh, the three goals they scored against Hearts. Yeah, I mean, I mean, uh, so I was just asked whether I enjoyed the football and I just said, well, that's... That's the, the football my father sort of instilled into me, and you know he's he's up there now. But you know, I always envisaged if he's in the if he's in the stands, you know what he'd be saying about the team. And he wasn't that enraptured by results. He wanted to see a certain kind of football. And yeah, he would have been off his chair for the first sort of half and a bit today, which is which is great. But I mean, more importantly, I think the players enjoyed it. And, um, as I said, for me, they keep getting the rewards, keep buying into it. Hopefully, there's more to come. Goals from Edward Welsh and Furuhashi. Mark, it's good to hear him talk there about yeah. his dad, uh, how he would have enjoyed that. And it's uh, not so much about the results he's saying, but, yeah. but football is about results. But if yeah. you can play well on the way, it could be quite a season. I mean, it's clear, Paul, he wants to entertain, you know, and that he's, he's, he's big on that. And one thing that I just like listening to, and I've said it from early doors, you had no idea how good he's going to be, how successful he's going to be at a Celtic manager. Nobody knows that. But I just I like what you see is what you get from. He's infectious, like I said. He's the kind of guy that I would say I'd, I'd love to go and have a pint with him. You know, just go and chew the fat and have a beer with him. I think he'd drink a few pints. Oh, he looks at it. I think he'd be. I think he'd be right on it. It's Craig Moore, Toto, because maybe Craig can arrange <laughs> it. He yeah, can drink a few pints it's, as well. He's got hollow legs. But you listen, you listen to that. He's he's good, and yeah. uh, you know what, like. It's it's off the cuff, Paul. Yep. It's not your staged, managed stuff. It's absolutely uh, off the cuff. And uh, the Celtic fans are certainly warming to me. I was just thinking coming out in the studio tonight. Two weeks ago, we're walking and Celtic have lost to, to Hearts. Mm-hmm. Um, Rangers have beaten Livingston, preparing for, for Malmo away. And everybody, probably ourselves included, is thinking, yeah, Rangers, boom, Celtic, mm-hmm. long way to go. Now, nothing... You know, nothing's been won yet, nothing's been lost yet, but it just shows you how quickly in this part of the world things can be perceived to be to be to be turning. And like I say, the next two weeks, Paul, between now and a fortnight tomorrow, well, I've had a an old firm game, and we'll also have the closure, the transfer window, and I'm going to be fascinated to see how both uh, squads look at uh, this time on September the first. Barry, it's going to be a great season isn't it for everyone hopefully we've t- we haven't talked about Aberdeen or Hibs or whatever but Rangers and Celtic going for it is what we well, want look yeah. at the, what the next two weeks holds mm-hmm. European see how they get they, they get on sorry in the European sure. games and then we've got the old firm game at the end of the month and also the transfer window are Celtic going to bring in another few players is Edward going to go is any players for Rangers going to leave? Are they going to bring in a couple of players? So it's exciting times. Very, very exciting times up in Scottish football just now. Half time for us. We're back in a moment. The Go Radio Football Show. Download the Go Radio app to listen live weeknights from five. Is Joey Veerman actually a Rangers target? Speculation this afternoon that the Dutch midfielder is in the team of the weekend in Holland for a great performance and his side's one goal victory. 
Do you think he could fit in at uh, Ibrox, Barry, if they do sell one of the midfielders? I've watched a, a, a few clips of him um, on the internet. And, and look, he's a decent player, but see, for me, I've been honest with you, Paul, mm. I think it's so important that they try and tie up Glenn Kamara. Mm. I, um, Stephen Jebb would, would like to, he's said it a couple of times, hasn't he? Yep, and I, yep. I'm sure um, every Rangers fan would like the same thing. Um, watched the game last Friday and he strolled through it. I don't think he broke sweat. Um, he just controlled the full tempo of the game. Um, listen, no doubt Veerman's a good player, but for me, more importantly, that they get Glenn Kamara tied down in a long term contract. Mark, that would be good news for the Rangers fans. Yeah, because you know exactly what you're getting uh, with with Kamara. You know he knows the scene. You know he can handle it. He knows what it takes to be uh, a Rangers player. So if there was an opportunity to tie Kamara down, I would do it all day long, Paul. It's a it's a no brainer, and it'd be a great message to 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 send out as well just now. Gary McAllister was on duty after the five goal victory the other night. He was asked about transfers. Anyone coming in? Anyone going out? Continually looking, and we're we're doing avenues all the time. And if something can come off prior, you know, to the, the end of the when the window closes, we're still looking to still looking to be, get better players here. Giving nothing away, there, inscrutable Gary McAllister. Uh, what was his reaction to the five goal victory? Well, the thing was, we we did ask for a, a response, a reaction, and we got it. Obviously, getting an early goal settles the nerves and settles any sort of little doubts that you know are we good enough to go and play in front of a a, a fantastic crowd again tonight. And then from from the early goal, I think we played with a lot of confidence. The fans got behind us. And I think they enjoyed what they seen. The manager was asking for a bit of snap in the changing room. Our whole attitude had that word in mind, you know, because I thought we snapped into the tackles. I thought we moved the ball nice and snappily around the pitch. And, and some of the combination play was, was excellent, I thought. Barry, that was the word of the night from Gary. Yeah, snappily. snappily. Have we heard that one before? No, I've not. Um, I'll, I'll use that in the future. Um, but there certainly was a bit of snap about them and, and they had to give a reaction. No doubt about it after three defeats. And the manager certainly certainly got that. There was a, a few decent performances. Um, but no getting carried away. You've got to be respectful. We had them firmly in a, a league down. Um, but the most important thing is they're playing in front of a full house and they get the vital win to go into the quarterfinals. He spoke about Calvin Bassey. I want to ask you about some yeah. of the, the, the younger players. It's a, it's a nice problem because we've got two quality fullbacks. We've got somebody who's got a beautiful, educated left foot in Bonner. And then we've got a young guy who's... who's his energy up and down the left side tonight was was very visual, and I thought his deliveries when he got to the other side of the pitch was was superb. He was he was he, he was a deserved man of the match tonight. So it's a good problem for for all of us on the coaching staff. Calvin Bassey, Nathan yeah. Patterson, two really good young players. Yeah, I mean, I thought some of Bassey's uh, deliveries, you know, were, were exceptional. You know, I mean. I mean, you could say you know world class, you know, in terms of the way the way you get down. Because if you're a striker, you're an attacking midfielder, come into the box, it was there um, for you. And um, you know, you can see with Bassey, he's had a good grounding at youth level. Paul at Leicester City, he's come up to Rangers. He's been there just over a year now. He's learned the ropes. He played a few of the League Cup games last season. Um, and there's no doubt he's a more than able deputy um, for. Um, for uh, Barisic. Another thing he probably learned about the other night, know that Stephen Gerrard and any of the staff will be wanting to chase Barisic away. But let's say, for example, something comes in for, for Barisic and something comes in for, for Kamara and, and, and you need you need one chunk of the money. You say, well, do you actually, let's go with Barisic because Bassey's, Bassey's more than able. So you've learned that. Okay, I know it is only against Dunfermline, the greatest of respect, yeah. but 
he's shown that he's got the quality to go and play for Rangers Barry? Yep he was very impressive um, I thought his ball in for Hadji's Hadji's goal was, was was top draw no doubt about it and I listened to his interview after the game and I thought he was very yeah. grounded he's wanting to learn he's asking players questions about where he can improve he's asking the coaching staff as well so He's a physical presence as well. He's a big boy. Yeah. Yeah, there's, there's no doubt about it. And he's certainly improved over the last year. Um, is he good enough to go and cement that left-back area? Mm. I think he's got the potential to do it. I really do. Um, albeit, I know it's against him firmly and a lot of people will say that. But I thought some of his deliveries were excellent and I thought his all-round play um, was very good as well. Craig, what's your view? And Cumbernauld who's called in. Hi, Craig. Good evening. Hi, guys. How you doing? Yeah, Good. What about you? What about that point about Calvin Bassey? Yeah, I totally agree. I thought he was uh, exceptional at the weekend. I thought his ball in for, for Hadji was exquisite. I think it was probably uh, the best ball I've seen us play into a box in a long time. Mm. Um, and he'd done it a couple of times through the game because I think, you know, the, the couple of games before that, that was that was what was missing. Uh, particularly in the Malmo game when we were peppering balls into the box. They just weren't beating the first man most of the time because for whatever reason, Barris isn't have are a bit off the boil um, with that but um, the kind of balls that Calvin Bassey was playing in I mean they must have been a striker's dream because um, if you were in that area you know, there was always a chance of just a wee flick on it and it was going in the back of the net so he yeah, looked really good um, I wouldn't be <coughs> against seeing him again soon I don't know whether Gerard would consider him for the, the Alex Shirt game on Thursday or whether maybe it would be the league game at the weekend mm-hmm. Um, Ross Kenty, but I certainly yeah. think he's he's worth having the you know the shot there as a backup because he was, he was tremendous. And what about Nathan Patterson, Barry? What are you feeling um, about him coming in? I mean, I know what you think of him as a player. It just brings so much energy. Are we oh. going to see more of him soon? Yep, um, I think we will. I, I think he's ready. I, I think he's ready to play week in week out. Now the only problem is he's got Tav, who is the the club captain. Um, it's going to be difficult to edge him out, but I think Tav now will be looking over his shoulder and saying, this boy is is ready to go and he's going to push me all the way because I do think Rangers have got a, a top right back on their hands. Look, Tav's been excellent. There's no doubt about it. I think he's grown into the, the job of being captain. He's produced some great performances over the past season. Um, but the only, only issue I've got with uh, Nathan Patterson is if he doesn't play, um, it's slowing down his development because I do think he's ready to go and play just now. So on that, Barry, is that, do you think there'd be any temptation on Stephen Gerrard's part, just bearing in mind what you've said there, to think about the possibility of, of selling James Tavernier? Yeah, look, yep, I, I think that may be in the back of his mind because somebody might come in for Tav because he's been consistently very good for Rangers. Um, but he has a club captain. He's just signed a new contract not long ago. Um, he's tried, I think, over pre-season. I don't think I think Craig will correct me if I'm wrong here. He tried to play two of them together. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that will work. I know Nathan Patterson previously has played further forward in the, the under-21s for Scotland. Um, but for me, he's ready to play, young Nathan Patterson. The only problem is he's got the captain in front of him. And he has a lead, he's became a leader, James mm-hmm. Tavernier. He has. So... It's got, the manager's got a big decision because also on the left-hand side you've got Barisic who's been a real good signing for Rangers quality player but now you've got the emergency Bassey a year yeah. Mark mentioned he's a great grounding at Leicester 
and you can see the improvements mm -hmm. in, in both of them. So two of the young boys will be pushing both Tav and, and Barisic all the way to get into the starting 11. Craig, what do you think, Nathan Patterson? We know that James Tavernier last year, awesome, helping Rangers to the title. Mm. But is it time if one of them or two of them have to go? Could it be that you're captain? It, well, well, it could be. Um, I think there is a chance one or two players to go. I, I think the thing that has to be balanced up, though, um, when I've been listening to the conversation, is that... He, you know, you you have to weigh up the risk and reward here because if too many of our good players go, then you're potentially risking the thirty or forty million pound pot of gold yep. by winning the, the league this season and getting Champions League football. So we have to, as best we can, hold on to the vast majority of those those players because they're going to be key to, to winning the league. You know, Celtic absolutely are going to be a threat, and if we lose a number of good players, well, we're handing initiative straight over to them. So I think the board will weigh that up, but. If Tavernier was to go, I think we would be okay just because I think Nathan Patterson is, is there and ready to step in. And he showed that last season when Tav got injured that he could step up to the plate. And I think in terms of leaders in the, the squad for who would take the captaincy from him, there's any number of players you could put that armband on um, and would do well. I think when I, the only player right now I kind of, I think perhaps needs a bit of a rest actually is probably Connor Goldson. I think even on Friday, as good as we were, as comfortable as we were, he was the only player that had a couple of shaky moments yet again, you know, for, in my opinion, the fourth game running. Um, mm -hmm. So something's not clicking for Connor Goldson just now. And I don't know if it is because he's played so much football. Sure. Um, well, he didn't miss a minute last season. Barry, what do you think on Connor? I, I think he's a player that the manager trusts 100%. You just look at all the games, he's, he's never left out. He's never... Um, even when there's an opportunity to go and rest, players' corner, Golston is always playing. Um, but I go back to the Rangers squad, I don't think there's going to be players, a, a number of players leaving. I think it, at most it could be one. I don't think you'll see a number of players leave. There, there's no no chance they can do that. Craig made a great point there. You can't allow two or three of your top players go. Um, it's too big a season. Too big a season. They want to try and retain the league. They want to try and win cups. And... They need to get into the Champions League uh, group stage. And the only way you can do that straight in is by winning the league and keeping your best players. But we all know one may need to go. But I don't think there'll be any more than that. That's the kind of story going on that's kind of unspoken at the moment. Um, and Craig, you make a great point. We talked about it the other day. There's £35 million available in just less than a year now, 11 and a half months. Because Rangers, if they win the title, or Celtic, if they win the title, are straight into the Champions League for the first time in many, many years. So it's almost like, what's the credit line? Can they keep going, selling maybe one of them? Because sometimes it's good to change anyway, is it not, Barry? You'd yeah. want to you know, freshen it up a little bit. Yeah. That's, that's but, what I was thinking. As I say, I'm not chasing James Tavernier. I don't I mean that at not. all. It's a good question. I'm just thinking that with Nathan Pat, like I say, he's, he's yeah. a young Scottish prospect who came on and played in the Euros, albeit in the final game as a substitute. But you think, okay, okay, I know it's not the be all and end all, but he is Scottish. Mm. He is part of the Rangers Youth Academy. He is part of the system, and that's what I'm sure Craig. That's what you want. That's what you want to see. You know that you you want to see, and what you don't want to do is see Nathan Patterson regress or, or sit in the stand for seventy five percent of the season. You want you want because he's good enough. He's good enough to wear a Rangers jersey and make a contribution in the first team. So how do, how do you weigh that up? How do you bring? a balance of that and that's what Steven Gerrard is, is paid for it's not just about winning games it's about making those decisions as well and if there is money needed to to, to, to come in 
then that my, my point is, well, James Tavernier might be able to say, well, do you want? We could use, we could lose. If we need to lose somebody, I'd rather we lost James Tavernier because I've got Nathan Patterson there rather than losing um, Alfredo Morelos or Ryan Kent. That that that's the kind of point I was trying to make. Yeah, no, no, I I, I get your point, and there will be people down in England that will be looking at James Tavernier because let, let's be honest, with you, his form at Rangers has been excellent. Mm. Um, he came through. What I like about James Tavernier is he came through a sticky patch about eighteen months or so ago. He wasn't playing well. People were getting on his back. He yeah. had done a couple of interviews. Yeah. I think the one with the, yeah. the Rangers program that didn't what? go down too well. Rangers fans weren't happy uh, about that, but he came through that. That showed real character, and um, I thought he was excellent last year. Would I like to see him go? No, I wouldn't. I, I want to see Rangers keep all their best players and add to it. But is that going to happen? We don't know. We we, we don't know what the next two weeks is going to bring. Yeah. Whether Rangers, well, whether the manager's been told, look, you might need, or if you want to bring more in, you might need to let one of the assets go, yeah. and that'll to be generate their own funds. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. And the narrative has been, oh, it might be Morellas again. But you know, it's that, that's not going to dictate it. It's whoever wants them. Who is it going to be? Is it going to be Kent? Is, is he the last player still you would want to see go? Or yeah, Kamara? He's been, look, I think yeah. if you ask Ryan Kent, um, the last uh, yeah. week or ten days, he, he's not played at the the levels that everybody expects of him. I still think he's a top quality player. I think his form will come back. There's no doubt about mm-hmm. it. He's just come through a a sticky patch at this moment in time. But he'll come good, Ryan Kent. I still think he's a match winner, and I still think he's key. If Rangers are going to win trophies this year. Craig, for Alice Kirk, what's in your mind? Uh, what's your team? Who would you be playing on Thursday night? Oh, well, it's a tough one. Um, and just quickly, I, I do agree with everything they said about the Patterson. My only thinking is, uh, from a logistical point of view, you maybe would like prefer to lose a player from an area of the park that's got more cover. Because if Patterson gets injured, who's the third choice right back? Um, or who would become the second choice right back? Because yeah. if Tavernier had left, that would become potentially a, a, a concern mm-hmm. um, whereas other areas there's plenty of midfielders plenty of strikers so you've got cover there for yep. your cover what, what midfielder would you say Craig then? Well I mean I think you could probably get a good uh, return on Glenn Kamara you know 50,000 at the bottom for uh, you could easily get get him sold for anywhere between 7 and 10 million pounds um, at this stage um, because he's still young enough to go in and do plenty of other things I mean obviously do you not think he's okay. he's a key player, Craig? Glenn Kamara? I think he is a key player, but then so is Davin. You know, the problem is anyone that's going to go mm-hmm. will be a key player. Yeah. Um, and it's about, do you have cover to come in? So if Kamara left, for example, we've still got other good options there. You know, if Ryan Jack's fit, for example, or Scott Arfield, or, mm-hmm. you know, I just think there's a bit more cover than what there would be. Um, because I don't know, is there a third right back at the club? If there is, I don't know who it is. Um mm. That's my only concern because if you sold Tavernier and then Patterson gets injured, which can happen in a, over a course of a season, yep. then who do you bring in? You know, because I don't think a Leon Balligan, for example, or even Calvin Bassett, I don't think that would suit them to be in that position. Um, but I think in midfield you could m- maybe bring in more cover. Uh, if I'm honest, I think we could maybe get rid of one of the strikers. Um, I know it sounds daft because we only just brought a couple in, but mm-hmm. right now I'm thinking. Of the strikers we've got, I'd maybe to get a wage bill off the, um, yeah, off the accounts. Maybe say to Keaton or something because he's the only one just now that's not really, mm. can you know, yeah, not looking like doing much. You know, I mean that shows when we're firing balls into the box against Malmo and Gerard doesn't have the confidence to bring Keaton mm. on because his performance. He's yeah. whereas Sakala, Morelos, Ruth, mm-hmm. Defoe, 
they, they four at least mm. are reliable, seemingly anyway, for Sakala who's just come in. So maybe yep. even that, but... Mm. It um, all depends, Craig, if there's a number that needs to be reached and that's what we don't know. Yeah, know. You know for example, if, if if the board are saying, look, we, we, we actually, we, we need to... We need to get rid of 50 grand a week off the wages or it might just be 15 grand a week off the wages or we need to try and raise through sales 9, 10, 11, 12 million quid or it might be we only need to raise 3 or 4 so it depends on uh, we don't know. what, what, yeah, what yeah. the numbers are in mm-hmm. terms of what kind of players but the great point that you made there is regardless of who it is you know it's going to be a key player it's going to be somebody that has made a serious contribution and will be capable of making a serious contribution but that's what happens that's a business model mm. that we're talking about you know that's what that's what Celtic have managed to do successfully um, over the past number of years and it's what Rangers are now looking to go and do and yes they'll be hurt along the way the manager and supporters will be players going that you don't want to go but you've also got to remember too that at, at some point too certain players want to go and try themselves yeah. in another league and that's no disrespect to Rangers because you see with Rangers say very few if any go on and play for bigger and better clubs but what they do go on and do is play on a bigger and better platform yeah. mm-hmm. week in week out and that's you've got to bring that into the equation as well Barry can you call Douglas Park are you buying a car this week and we can find out because <laughs> he will know and you know I, I, yeah, I, yeah. I, I'd be interested to see what the next two weeks bring I hope I, I'll be honest with you I think Craig will agree here every Rangers fan you want to keep your best players like Tavernier, Camaras, Morelos he's in, in Kent's but it was mentioned last year I'll go back to it it was mentioned in the AGM the manager did speak about it he got asked a question last week so it is a worry mm. at the back of the minds um, of the, the, the Rangers fans because uh, they want to keep the best players and you always want to add but it's not the model that Rangers are going to go forward with Great, good to see Kemar Roof bouncing back after mm. you know the illness to his son. He's back, he's well, uh, and getting the goals as well. But uh, we're heading for the break, Craig. But that was that was a bright spot for you. Are you confident of beating Alice Kurt over the two legs? Yeah, well, listen, I think we're more than capable. I think, um, especially considering we're going to this one over both legs, basically full strength. You know, Morelos yeah. must start in those games, absolutely. Um, but yeah, I think it'll be tight affairs. But we're at home this week, so I'd like to see us at least get a maybe two or three goals um, to try and take over there and, and hold on to and then the countdown on to yeah, the, only, the only issue is the travel what is it seven this, hours yeah six, over six hours between six and seven mm. it's quite a flight isn't it we're taking a quick break thanks Craig the Go Radio Football Show download the Go Radio app to listen live weeknights from five Go Radio Football Show it's the Monday night edition tomorrow night Rob McLean will be here with John Hartson and Stephen Cragen Wednesday Rob with Barry and Davy Proven Thursday will be here with Craig will be with us Craig Moore and Leanne Crichton and then Friday we'll all be back together looking forward to that and then we're on on Sunday Davy Proven and Craig Moore Barry you'll join us for Rangers against Celtic a week on Sunday yeah yeah, yeah. Um, we've st- we've got European games first. Of um, but listen, everybody yeah. always looks forward to the the first old firm game of the season. Um, and who can come out yep. with the win? That, that's the most important thing. When I uh, played in it, it was the first old firm game of the season. You wanted to make sure you got that three points. So it'll be a cracker as always. Later, we'll talk about yesterday's uh, the Premier Sports, the League Cup. Who was getting into the quarterfinals? Well, we know who's there. It's Celtic against Wraith Rovers. We'll speak about the Aberdeen result there. Rangers against Livingston. Dundee United against Hibs. And Dundee against the holders St. Johnson, who are in action in Austria and Lask this week. And Aberdeen have got a journey 
against Karabag, so it's quite a way for them. More of that shortly. Let's get back on the lines. And Sean is on, a Celtic fan from New Stevenson. Good afternoon, Sean. Good afternoon, guys. How are we? Yeah, I think we're all good. good ba- Barry's back, so let's just check. How is no, it? D- listen, Sean, where, where did you say you're from, Sean? New Stevenson? New Stevenson, Barry. Yeah, I used to go to school in New York Hill. Good. Stop my own fees. I'm originally from Bill Sill, but I've moved to New Stevenson. All right, good okay. man. There's the wee job for you, Yeah, from Bill, you were indeed. Yep. That's right. Yeah, my daughter teaches there at the moment. But anyway, enough of all this. <laughs> all friends here. No, it's good to hear all friends people from that area. Exactly. Man, the local brilliant. station for Glasgow, Lanarkshire, Renfrewshire, Dumbartonshire, any other shires we can mention. Craig, what about yesterday? How good was that for you watching the new style of Celtic play against Hearts? He's gone speechless. Hello? Hello, Sean. Hi there, hi yeah. there, sorry. Hi. Yeah, there, yeah what about sorry, yesterday? Man. Tell us, were you watching the match? Were you at the game yesterday? I watched the match, yeah. yeah. It was the most convincing uh, performance, even though it was 3-2. We absolutely battered them, and it still finished 3-2. It was the most bizarre match I've ever I've, I've watched in a long time. It was, wasn't it? What do you think the scoreline should have been? Because the percentage, it was 82% of the pressure was Celtic. At halftime, I think it was 20 shots uh, on goal, yep. not on target, none for Hearts. No, it was it, incredible. It, it, I looked at the stats, it ended up 36 shots in total. And we, scored, we only scored three goals. Mm. As much as we are playing brilliant, I think we do really need to be clinical. Mm-hmm. Much more clinical, because I feel as if as the season goes on, playing much better teams, we've only played... A Jablonek team that were extremely poor and we've played the two the two promoted teams from the Championship. Only this season I feel as if when we play against the kind of bigger sides, we are going to get punished and there's no bigger test than against AZ Altmar coming up. Sean, see just on, on that, you've also been watching Celtic. What's there just now under the manager? Is that a title-winning squad or do you still think that there's definitely a need no, to bring in no, two or three more quality no, players? Plenty. Plenty more, yeah. I think middle to front, I, I can't ask any more. It's night and day compared to the what we had to endure last season. I feel as if we still need a left back, a right back, a centre back, and probably another striker, depending on the Edward scenario if he stays or if he goes. So, do you think at the moment, I mean, albeit as we say, the window closes a fortnight tomorrow, I'm interested to see how both squads look in 15 days' time. But at the moment, would you say then that Rangers have the stronger squad at the moment? I would say, yeah, I still think we're in a massive rebuild. I still think we need, as I said, another three or four bodies in the door. Definitely. To even, I think we'll close the gap, definitely. Obviously, finish 25 points clear. I think we'll close the gap. But to say that we're going to potentially challenge, if not win it, I think that's still, that's still a big question mark on that, depending on how the, the rest of the window goes. Barry? Yeah, we were watching the game yesterday. Um there's no issues with Celtic going forward and creating chances as Sean just mentioned there but it's um, defensively that they're vulnerable still and Sean's yeah. mentioned it he, he feels he needs a, a couple of fullbacks they need another centre back because Julian's not going to be back for a couple of months but they've sorted one part of the defence they've got Joe Hart in um, I think he he in time will become a, a top signing for Celtic so that that is an area um, that they do need to strengthen going forward they looked if they could score every single time they attacked Hearts it was just wave upon wave upon wave of attack and when they lost the ball as I said there was a real hunger and desire to get it back and that's the type of football he wants to play high energy yeah. um, and it looked to me of 
middle to front they played with a lot of freedom there was a lot of movement off the ball as well um, so they were certainly impressive but defensively for me they're still suspect mm. Sean Barry mentioned about your captain who was in tremendous form yesterday I think yeah. he's really rising to it do you agree? Yeah definitely I had my reservations about Carl McGregor not as a football player but I thought in the dressing room I, th- I thought he was he came across as a kind of quiet guy he was more reserved but you can see when he's on the park he's, he's a leader you've seen against in the Jablonek game when they zoomed into the, the huddle you could see the passion that he, he was addressing to the players I feel as if he's grown game by game and I think he will be a very very successful uh, captain Yeah he, he was impressive yesterday For sure. um, he, he looked at the he took the, the game by the throat. He, he led by example. Um, and every move kind of started off with Callum McGregor. He, he was yep. impressive. The whole Sh- game just goes through him, yeah. Mm-hmm. Sean, if, if Edouard goes, which we, everyone seems to think he will, but there's only, what, 15 days to go, as you mentioned, and four hours and 30 minutes. I'm yeah. watching the Sky <laughs> Countdown as well as listening to Go Radio. Um, yep. yeah. What about Kevin Nisbet? Would you go for him, sign him, pay in the money, heart- bring him from in, Hibs? In a heartbeat, yeah. In a heartbeat. He's exactly like Kyoko. He's so intelligent. He, he can score a barrel of the goals. As, as another thing with Celtic, it's probably the cheaper option. It's probably we wouldn't have to fork out that much cash for him. It's always the Celtic way. They always try and penny pinch and they try and get the deals as little as possible with regards to how many millions they're going to spend. So I think Kevin Nisbet would be a great option. Especially, I think, if Edward goes... I feel as if Ayeti's not the answer and I feel as if Griffiths days are numbered as well so we're basically only down to one one striker at the minute. In terms of Kevin Nisbet every signing is a gamble but I think it's a gamble worth taking. I, he, I, I think he's got potential. Um, can he make that he's step up? Better, but no being disrespect, disrespectful to Hibs but he's got, if he does go to a team like Celtic he's going to be playing with a higher quality player. And sometimes yep. that brings the best out of you, or sometimes you give within yourself. But listen to Kevin Nisbet speak and watch him play. I think he's a sort of young, young, um, young man that will thrive upon that. What would you need, Barry, to make that step up in his character or his game? No, or I think he's got the character. Yep. I think he's got all the attributes to to play. I, I just love the story, Kevin mm, Nisbet. It's it's a brilliant story getting let go for Patrick Thistle just over three years ago and going down to League One and. Scoring goals for Braith Rovers, gets his move to Dunfermline, scores in the Championship. First season in the Premier League last year. I, I'm not too sure what his numbers were, about 18 goals, mm-hmm. something like that. Mm-hmm. Got a call up yep. to the, the national team. Um, but for me, I, I like him. He's got good movement. He's a he's a poacher as well. He can score all types of goals, Kevin does. But, um, but it's what how much is he worth? Sure. I think Hibs are going to hold out for, for top dollar for him as Celtic. Yeah. Willing to go? Is it three million pound? I think it's quoted like for him. And probably Ron Gordon's putting the money up as we speak. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, 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 yeah. I would, I would, I, if I'm Celtic, I'd be going for two. You know, Kevin Nisbet and Ian Other, and I'd be looking with the greatest respect, looking for an upgrade. So you know, you know, as I've said with the goalkeeping situation, after the right striker becomes available, and I know Sean saying, no, you know, penny pinch and try and get the best you can." There's nothing wrong with negotiating. As long as you're negotiating for the right type of player. So if you're negotiating that saves you a million quid, then good on yeah. the negotiators for doing that. But as long as you're getting the right type of player. And so far, you know, like a Furuhashi uh, really looks apart. James McCarthy, we know what he um, can do. But so there's clearly been lessons been learned compared to this time last year when the, the, the transfer window was an absolute disaster for Celtic. Um, 
but bear in mind that saying that the net spend so far is next to nothing there should still be plenty there they spend if you think that there's a title winning striker out there bear in mind if Edward goes that's going to get you your, your 20-25 goals you know the, the numbers that Edward was getting the numbers that, that Morelos gets then Celtic should be paying that type of money there shouldn't be any need to think twice about it because they've dabbled in the two three million pound market too often mm -hmm. and it backfires it doesn't reap dividends you know, it comes off every now and again but Celtic need a title winning striker and they should be going out and paying the money if they believe it's the right one Sean is do, you think, yeah. well, do you think Kevin does but is the one I think he's a, I think he's an asset mm -hmm. um, Barry I mean, put it this way would I have Kevin Nisbet over Albina Yeti yes mm -hmm. would I have Kevin Nisbet over yeah, Lee I'm Griffiths yep. yes yep. I would, so therefore yeah I would bring him in but would I be would I think that Celtic would be ready with only adding Kevin, Kevin Nisbet in the striking mm -hmm. department no, I think it could still be short I'd be looking to bring in two along and then working it out with Furuhashi Sean who else Kevin Nisbet <laughs> just Names, I have no idea. I could be here all day, my, my dream ones that I want, but they would never ever happen in a month of Sundays. So uh, I think Andrew maybe be best dipping back into the, kind of, the Asian route or maybe some Australians, because we've seen how it worked with Furuhashi, how well he's he started Abada, only 19. Yep. There was no bed in period with these guys. They came in right away, hit the ground running. I think Ange knows, knows a player. Mm -hmm. I've got full trust in him, mm. and I think he should be dipping maybe back into the kind of Asian kind of market. And he he probably will, but Furuhashi, yeah. he's a he's a live wire. Mm. He's constantly on the on the yeah. go. His movements um, for the games that I've seen, um, excellent. He got his another goal yesterday. I thought his ball through for James Forrest to cut back for Edward was. Yeah, yeah, it was top drawer. It was um, that just shows you what kind of quality. He's mm -hmm. just not a goal scorer. He can he can obviously assist as well. I know James Forrest put the final ball in, but it was a great mm -hmm. ball through. But that is a market that Costa Coglu knows really well, mm -hmm. and that's a market that he may visit again. Um, but in terms of Kevin Nisbet, I do think he's got the attributes to to go. Mm -hmm. But I don't think he would be a, a certain starter. I think that'd be a work in progress. Kevin Nisbet coming to Celtic. We must ask about Julian, get the update. Well, I think we asked just over a week ago, but we should find out what's the latest on Julian at the back. Abada, who started Brownlee, I think he's back for Thursday, available. And Barry made the point two weeks ago, Abada will push James Forrest on even to greater yeah. things, to have a challenge there. Well, I, I thought yeah. James, yesterday, James Forrest, you've not seen the full game, no. haven't you, know, yeah. Mark? James Forrest looked um, if he was bang at it again. Mm. Um, There's a hunger there. Yeah, but that's yeah. what listen, see when you're at a big club, you need competition for places. You need to when you get that um that starting slot, you need to go and make sure you keep that starting slot. If you dip below a certain standard, you know somebody on that bench or in that stand is ready to come back in. That's what you need if you want to be successful. You need competition for places. The quality's not brilliant, but Ange was asked at the end, what about the score lines? It was so narrow from a game that there was such a gulf between the two. No, no frustration. I mean, that's the game of football. I said to the players after the game, you know, it's how the, this game keeps you honest. You know, you've got to always be a task. And if your standards drop a little bit, then, you know, you, you could very well get punished. But that's what keeps you honest. I think it's, if anything, it's a good thing. It just keeps us, you know, motivated to keep improving. Keeps them motivated to uh, keep improving. Uh, Sean, what do you think about the matches coming up at home this week and then away against uh, Alkmaar? Are you confident? Mm, probably not confident <laughs> enough to say that we'll go through, but I feel as if 
main priority, the first game's at home. Try and take a positive result over there. I, I think we will. I think we will win. Obviously, I think we definitely will concede to the way they're defending at the minute. But I don't think I don't think we will go through it. It's going to be a big test, and we'll just need to wait and see what happens. The Rangers game's the one that's coming up that's got everybody at the edge of their seat. I feel as mm-hmm. if it could be the way they're both playing, and it could be a thriller. It could end up being like something like a three each or a four each at the minute. That's the just the first half. Yeah. The <laughs> <laughs> I would I would make Celtic slight favourites for the tie against Altmar. Sean, and bearing in mind, Celtic have had seven or eight competitive games under their belt. Altmar yeah, have had one, so then more of a flow, a rhythm. Um, Altmar have, have, have sold their two best players, but yeah. I do the striker, Stengs, as well. Coop Miner's the captain, um, might be gone. Could be away. Um, so yeah. I think that, that I would make Celtic slight favourites. But you're right, the, the concerns at the back, but there's still, they're still 24 hours to go and sign um, someone. Um, you know, yeah, to, to, to be ready. Yeah, in time for the yeah. time. But I, I think I would make them slight favourites because the other reason is, yeah, there's still a lot of work to do defensively in bringing in two or three players. But the fact that there's Joe Hart there, there's now a sound and solid goalkeeper there. You know that yeah. that could be the difference between winning the title because you'd fancy Celtic to score goals, and Joe Hart, if he's on it, and I'm sure he will be, then he could just be the difference to be to to getting into the Europa League proper. Sean, you happy with the new keeper? Definitely, yeah. You've seen it, the, the Jablonek game, the two saves they made in particular and the roar of the crowd. <laughs> it was as if we'd scored. It was just mm. a relief that we've actually finally got a, a, a keeper that we can rely on because mm. last season we didn't. We knew that every single time the ball was going in the box or it was a one-on-one, you knew that they were going to score. There was no point in even hoping for the for end because you knew it was going to... Mm. It reminds me of having what, Fraser Foster back or an Arthur Boric. You knew that there was the defence was so much more comfortable knowing that they've got a keeper behind them. Yep. Yeah, that's what he brings. He's a presence. Um, I can't yep, believe I'm... Definitely. I'm singing Joe Hart's praises and <laughs> he's, he's, he's over at Celtic now. <laughs> no, but listen, yeah. I, I says to you, look, I, I knew what they were getting. I know he's a bit older. He's had a, a tough time throughout his career with, with Man City, but you don't lose you don't lose that ability. Mm. And Joe Hart's always had the ability. And you don't earn seventy five England oh, English yeah. caps. You don't play at some of the clubs that he's played at. If you're not a top goalkeeper, and coming down that tunnel, you know so well, Barry, when you led Rangers out so many times. So there'll be young Joe Hart up against the Alan McGregor, best goalkeeper in the country. McGregor, thirty nine. Two fantastic Hart, goalkeepers. Two yeah. guys yeah, that yeah. I've, I've yeah. played with. I know uh, yeah. what they bring to the party. Two of them are real leaders as well and that's the difference that this Celtic defence will notice with Joe Hart. He's a screamer and shouter. Yeah, I know your thoughts. We were talking about you know, Gorham or, or McGregor. So McGregor mm. or Hart. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to tell you after the break. Thanks, Sean. Good call. The Go Radio Football Show. Download the Go Radio app to listen live weeknights from five. Thanks to Chris for the traffic and travel this week. Long may it continue. Chris on the travel. Top man, and tomorrow morning Holly will be on with Crofty and Grado in the breakfast show. They had a busy weekend. It's uh, looking forward to listening to them tomorrow morning. We up. You must be up early, Barry, as the the manager. You were talking about with Arthur Newman earlier. What, what's your routine in the morning? You up pretty early. It depends. It depends if I'm up um, late at night. When I'm watching box sets, yeah, uh, I get a wee lion. Yeah. What's the box set a choice? Now? Look, I've got, I've got so many. I'm going through so many box sets. Mm. Uh, he's not telling you <laughs> no I'm yeah. it's it's yeah. one of the ones see when I start watching a box set I need to keep watching I it and watching know. it and then mm. by the time you know it you're in at 
two or three o'clock in the morning. It's not it's not great. It's not great. So if Arthur was in the bedroom beside me, he'd be waking me up at eight o'clock. So <laughs> Martin I'm glad he's not there. Yeah, he joined us in the first hour. Fascinating. I'd be worried if it yeah. was in my bedroom. I would just indeed. Say that. <laughs> I think Margaret would as well there. <laughs> oh let's go on the lines. Uh, uh we'd shown on earlier on. Ross is on the line now. Hi Ross, good evening. Hey, guys, how are you all doing? Good. What about you? How are you? Yeah, I'm doing well, doing pretty well. Um, enjoyed the football the weekend. Had, I've got to also say, enjoyed the podcast today for yesterday's game. Ah, good. I've got to listen live, but, but uh, listen to the whole show during work today. It was absolutely tremendous. Well, thank you for that. Unprompted, yeah. It was uh, Craig Moore and Davy Proven. I thought they were in It was Rob McLean hosting it, Ross, was he? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, we could send him back down to Clyde, couldn't we? Get him back there. <laughs> Hugh Keevans will join us live here later. Do a quick swap. Um, so, what are you thinking then, uh, Celtic? What can we say that hasn't been said well, already yesterday? Something that's kind of—I noticed that there were uh, two or three games ago. At the end of the game, Postecoglou was asked about Christie, and he kind of just made the passive comment of. If playing this style of football isn't enough to keep you at the club, then I don't know what is. And I'm just wondering whether that's a thing that Celtic can... Usually Celtic can promote themselves as just a club or the city or the league to try and attract players. But with Angie's style now, if you have a player that's kind of... I'm interested in the Scottish League, but not too sure. Come and watch one game and say, like, this is what we're the kind of style of football we're playing. How many football players will be sold on that style alone? Just seeing the intensity, the pace, how quick and how attractive the football is. Just to have your kind of thoughts on that. Mark Weedy. On, on Ryan Christie, Ross, at that, you know... No, on bringing new players. New players. On, on and being yeah. able to see that new style. And even existing players that might be thinking of leaving they might decide to stay now because of the, the style of playing because of Ange yeah I mean I think you know it's a good point you make and I, I think the football club just now the, the playing style some of the players they look reinvigorated um, at the moment you know you, you see the way the Celtic supporters reacting as is the case for most sets of supporters now getting back into the grounds after pretty much 18 months have not been allowed um, to do so um, so yeah there, there's, there's an intrigue about Celtic just now you know where can they go where can the new manager take them can they win the title back or even can they just make a, a fist of the title race this season um, so yeah I think what you say is right um, just to touch on on Ryan Christie uh, I think either Ryan Christie signs a new deal in the next couple of weeks or or you maybe look to move him on I don't think it's ideal his situation um, you know well, he, he runs out of contract in January and you could lose him midway through the season so you either get him to commit even if it's just an extra year just get him to commit so that you know He's focused until May and then you can move him on then because I think Ryan Christie's one of the guys that does want to go and try another league that we're talking about and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that if he wants to go and test himself down south. But get a decision out of him. Make him the best offer that you can because there's no doubt he's an asset. There's no doubt that he can contribute to success this season. So make him the very best offer that you can. And if he doesn't accept it, then at least you know you've tried your best. So that one's on Don McKay and the board to go and do what they can on that one. And if he's not up for it, then shake his hand, get as much money as you can from the next couple of weeks and move on. Well, I, I think uh, if you're a, an existing player or a player that Celtic are interested in or they've been talking to them and they're watching the way that Celtic certainly played yesterday, it is the type of football you want to play. They dominate the ball, they play with high energy. Um, 
So, like guys like Ryan Christie, I'm, I'm sure they'd be watching that and thinking that that's the kind of football I would like to be involved in. But it'll come down to personally, does Ryan want to go down to England and, and try his, his luck down there? Everybody wants to play in the Premier League. It is the best league in the world with the best players. And you can't deny a, a player think like that. So, it's up to Celtic how much they value him, how much they want him. And... Posta Coglu has been open about it. He wants to keep Ryan Christie, but it's what mm. Celtic can offer. They, they'll not be able to match what's on offer down in no, England. No. There's no chance. So that now comes down to Ryan Christie's decision whether he, he wants to play at Celtic and play that type of football which Posta Coglu has brought to the club or does he want to go down to the English Premier League and, and test himself against some of the best players in the world? Ross, you make a great point though. The feel-good factor is back. Uh, and I see they put out a video the other day of the game... Uh, in fact the Yablinic's game they did a wee pressy of it a three minute and uh, you could see that, that the energy and the play and the atmosphere among the players and there is a hunger back at Celtic and it's early days of course it is and they need new players but winning breeds confidence yeah. as well once you yep. get a few wins under your belt you could see players start to go up levels and certainly that's the, the last few games with, with Celtic yeah. um, playing like that you certainly see players um, step up Ross, at the back, I see Juranovic, they're saying he may well be coming. It's not confirmed yet from Legia, Warsaw, right back. I'm sure you would welcome that. I would, I would be a good uh, good challenge for to for somebody to kind of obviously give Ralston a challenge. Because I think Ralston's, for me, is a, a really impressed me um, this season so far. Oh, it's early days yet still. Sure. But I can see a player come in and if he's better than Ralston, if not, we're losing you a bit there, but I take your point. They need cover anyway. And Anthony Ralston, Barry Ferguson said in the first yeah, hour, I'll be honest credit. with you, I was, I was really impressed with Ralston yesterday. Um, Is it confidence he's got? Maybe we are running games. Mm. He's got what's that now? Four or five games mm. under his belt. Nearly scored again. Yep, he had another good run, similar to the run against Hearts at Tynecastle, actually. but I thought he'd done, he, he done well, but there's no doubt Rangers, uh, sorry, Celtic need to strengthen. Um, as I say, they certainly need competition for places, but young Ralston's done his chances no harm uh, whatsoever because I thought yesterday he was, he was very good. Ross, thanks very much for calling in. 0808 17 17 700. Uh, tomorrow night will be on from five. Five minutes left. Let's talk about some of the other headlines. Rangers getting ready then for the match on Thursday against Alish Kert at Ibrox. No real injury worries apart from the ones we know about. Ryan Jack, still no sign of him back yet, Barry. Then they'll look forward to that. Yeah, I'm just wondering that there's not been much news come out about Ryan Jack. Because um, I, I do think he's became a big player for Rangers an important player um, just want to see him back involved in the squad and, and trying to get his way back into the team because as I said he's a he's an important player for Rangers he's somebody who I think over the last couple of seasons has grew into be a, a main player Mark one of the big headlines yesterday we kicked off on the show with the news that Aberdeen were out of the League Cup shocks happen we didn't see that coming though and it's a real no. blow to Stephen Glass. Yeah, it is. I mean, I, I listened to the commentary um, of the game up the road. Aberdeen dominated the first half albeit Rafe Rovers missed a couple of chances so there was warning signs there for Stephen Glass and his players and, and they've switched off and yeah, I think that is a sore one. You know, the League Cup, you know, is something that, that clubs will identify to try and get a run early in the season that boosts confidence 
financially, the prestige, etc., etc. So credit to John McGlynn mm. uh, and his players because for the first half hour they weren't at the races at all, but they clawed their way back mm. into it. Yeah, I watched that game as well and I'll be honest with you, I was so impressed with Aberdeen the first 45 minutes. If you told me that was the end result, I would have thought you were you're crazy. How about the goal? Aberdeen goal, Jet. Jet yeah, Jet, Jet a, a great finish, but I, I thought some of Aberdeen's play was was top class. They, they moved the ball really quickly, moved it really well, created a, a number of chances, but when you don't take any chances, you always, when you get at half-time, only one goal up. You run that risk and they lost a goal straight after um straight after the, the half started. And then to be fair to Wraith Rovers, they come into the game and overall Wraith Rovers did deserve it in the end. Dundee United are through, but only just and they feel aggrieved, maybe with some justification that the, the penalty, the ordering off near the end, one one penalties and then they're out. Yeah, Ed United, uh, David Hopkins, the right goat referee, uh, Nick Walsh, and just, uh, you know, he's absolutely astounded at the, at the level um, of decision, uh, the penalty and the red card. And, um, you know, David Cochran certainly seems to have uh, had a case, and Dundee United might have just got away with one um, there, but they've got a, a tough tie um, next at, uh, at Home of Hibernian, Paul, yep. is that right, at Tannadice? Yep, right um, yep. Next it month. Is. So yep. that'll be a tough one um, for. Dundee United and, and for Jack Ross there's no doubt that he's targeted uh, an improvement in the Cups this season they got to one Cup final one semi-final uh, last season but uh, he'll be looking to put silverware in the cabinet Bad day for Motherwell Barry Dundee beating them 1-0 uh, Graham Alexander quite a few boos at the end of the game Yeah I know how he feels <laughs> <laughs> Did you get that? Yeah, yeah. And, uh, listen it's one of the ones he's asked the fans to stick with him he still believes that, yeah. that they'll come good and I'm sure they will come good because if you look at the Muddle squad and the team that they've got some good players um, but listen in football you need to get back to winning ways as quickly as possible and they need to um, they need to at the weekend because that was a that was a, a sore one for them to take Dundee are in they're in the quarterfinals up against St Johnson and that could have been the other shock of the day Barry came so close went to the penalties, Xander Clark went in goals, although I don't think he affected it as yeah, such. Yeah, but, but it's yeah. always a tough place, yeah. Sir Broth. You know what Dick Campbell's teams are all about. Um, you just you would just pay the, the entrance yeah. fee just to watch Dick Campbell. We were yeah. talking about it off camera, yeah. um, me and Mark about yeah. him. He's, he's some man, uh, Dick is. But uh, listen, yeah. St. Johnson done it. They got the job done, albeit um, through penalties. But the most important thing is they're into the quarterfinals. Mark? Yeah, I mean, uh, I both pushed St. Johnson all the way. Yes, I think credited to, to Dick Campbell, he's part-time um, players there, but, you know, Dick's been round the block many, many times and still keeping going, still get that enthusiasm, but um, just uh, showed good character from St. Johnson to come back twice and then hold on nerve in the penalties. Livy and St. Mirren, 1-1, you feel for whichever side was going out, St. Mirren yeah. losing out this time. Livy threw in a tie at Rangers. Yeah, um, good for David Martindale and, and his players and for uh, for Marvin Bartley, um, of course, and for, for Jim Goodwin, two cup semi-finals last season. Paul, he'll feel that's a, a sore one because I think I've, I've been really impressed with, with St Mirren's recruitment and I, and I fancied them to win that tie, but credit to Olivia. Enjoyed it tonight. Mark, wasn't it great to get Arthur yeah, Newman and Barry brilliant. speaking? Yeah, it was great insight. Loved it. it. The two of yeah. them just gel so well and, um, you know, it's great um, listening to, to Arthur because a lot of time um, for him and uh, he'll be part of the Altmar team and, or the Altmar backroom team on, on Wednesday night at Celtic Park yeah I'm going to have a long ride tomorrow morning <laughs> <laughs> we're back tomorrow live at five <laughs> the Go Radio football show download the Go Radio app to listen live weeknights from five